Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. That means it's time for 10 with Tim. We take 10 minutes a day, Monday through Friday, and we just go verse by verse through the Word of God. We don't. We didn't start in Genesis and finish in Revelation. Uh, we do a, a bit of moving around to try to keep it alive and interesting for us. And we just spent 12 days in Proverbs. Today, we're going to start the book of Ephesians. We'll go straight through Ephesians, and it's going to be good. Um, I love Ephesians. I mean, I really love it all, but to be really honest to you, some of the books, some of the chapters are just harder to uh, uh, to get a lot from, harder to penetrate, sometimes harder to feel like you've been you know, fed God's word. I, I, I don't take anything away from the value of a single word uh, in the Bible, but it's just human, you all. Uh, we we had a you know rough time pushing through the book of Ezekiel, you know, and Isaiah was long. And so for that reason, I, I move around just so we can sort of, you know, take on the books that are a challenge and then treat ourselves with the books that are just a delight. And Ephesians is going to be a delight, and I'm excited to uh, to read it with you. Listen, uh, I'll, 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 I'll be live. I have a lesson today, of course. Uh, I won't be able to have a lesson tomorrow or Wednesday. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll finish up today and then we'll pick up on Thursday at verse 15. Okay. So I have to take a couple of days this week. I'm sorry, this week has gotten away from me already. But, uh, but anyway, today, uh, Ephesians chapter one, let's look at the first 14 verses. I love this. Uh, this letter is from Paul chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus. That's what the New Living Translation says. And if you'll notice in your translation, I've got a little asterisk there that says that the earliest manuscripts don't have the phrase in Ephesus, which is interesting. Now, just to remind you, we don't have Paul's original manuscript, like the original copy of Ephesians that he wrote with his own hand. We don't have that. Um, it, it was not in the Holy Spirit's wisdom or providence to give that to us. The Bible we have is the Bible God intends us to have. I'll always say that, but but we don't have the actual letter Paul wrote. All we have are copies where faithful people sat down and copied the letter by hand for centuries and passed it on. And we have a number of manuscripts from the book of Ephesians, and, and they're mostly the same. I mean, for all of the hand, I mean, you know that once you start putting in people and letting them copy by hand, there's all kinds of you know, human mistakes, but the truth is the Holy Spirit preserves his word. There really aren't that many places where you look and, and, and say that that can't be right. There's a word missing or, or something like that. Uh, but in Ephesians, uh, this one place here, this phrase in Ephesus is missing in the earliest manuscripts, N not the later ones, but the early ones. And if it's in the later ones, but not the early ones, it makes scholars be a little more curious as to whether that was a part of Paul's original letter. Did he say in Ephesus? Now, I don't know, and it really doesn't affect for me either the reliability of God's word, uh, the inspiration of God's word. N none of this threatens that for me at all. This is God's word, of course it is. Um, but was it originally written to the church at Ephesus? Uh, the only reason I ask is because in the book of Colossians chapter 4, I won't turn there, Colossians chapter 4, the end of the book of Colossians. Colossians and Ephesians sound a lot alike. And so they, they have some things in common. And at the end of Colossians, he says, hey, listen, when you finish reading this letter, why don't you send it over to the church at Laodicea? 
and also get a copy of the letter that I wrote them. Swap letters. I think you'll benefit from reading them both. Interesting. We don't have Paul's letter to Laodicea, you know, unless maybe it's the letter to the Ephesians. Again, like I say, in the earliest manuscripts, it doesn't say Ephesus, but Paul refers to a letter to the you know, to, to, to Laodicea. So I don't know. I just think it's interesting. We'll call it Ephesians. We'll assume it's Ephesus and we'll just go, okay? But I think that that, that, that little mystery is kind of intriguing to me. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, give you grace and peace. Very typical opening of a letter and epistle, uh, of course, in, in, in Paul's day, in Roman custom, and uh, of course, in biblical literature. That's the way we expect one of Paul's letters to uh, to begin. After that, uh, that, you know, blessing, he'll in, usually include this, this lengthy uh, section of thanksgiving or blessing again. So, and, and of course he does. Verse three begins a really long sentence. Um, in the English translations, it's broken up so we can understand it, but it's a long, beautiful sentence. And the gist of it is, uh, you have been chosen for something magnificent. Anybody ever said that to you? I tell you, if anybody ever said that to me, they were trying to, they were about to hoodoo me. You know, hey, you, you don't know it, but you have a special opportunity. You've been chosen. And I'm like, yeah, right. You know, if the pastor ever comes up to you and says, you know, you've been chosen for, see, I have a wonderful opportunity for you. You know, he's about to ask you to crawl on the ground and scrape all the gum off the pews, you know, or he's going to ask you to have the middle school lock in at your house. I mean, if he says, you've been chosen for something magnificent, you just start, you know, looking, you know, hold on to your purse. I mean, you know, nobody who says that to us in real life is actually about to tell us about something magnificent. You know, they're, they're about to try to sell us something. That's the way we think. But the message at the beginning of Ephesians is exactly that. You, you, you have been chosen for something magnificent, something absolutely magnificent. All praise, verse three, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. He has blessed us. It's not he will bless us. He will bless us, but he has blessed us. You are already, you know, it's, it's, it's raining blessings on you because of God in Christ. That word in Christ is very important. In this one sentence, I said that starts the book of Ephesians. I think the phrase in Christ appears something like 11 times, which means everything that God has done, is doing, will do to bless you. It has everything to do with the life, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ. It all comes to us in Christ. And, and notice that he blesses us. He has blessed us. Our salvation is something we experience together. It's not so much that he saved me. He does save me. I'm not saying it's not personal. I'm just saying that if I'm in Christ and you're in Christ, then understand that connects us in a very, very important way. Our salvation is truly something that we share, something that we experience, you know, simultaneously in unity together. It's not really something that's you or me. It's always us. He has blessed us with every, here you go, spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. That's where they get us, right? Oh, right. Spiritual blessings, you know? Mm. That's like when somebody tells you, you know, you're pretty on the inside. You know, it's like, you know, yeah, okay. I, th I think you tried to make it sound good, but, you know, 
pretty on the inside wasn't what I was going for this morning in the mirror. I mean, you know, you know what I mean? It's like when you're in the Miss Universe pageant, but you win, you know, Miss Congeniality, you know, it's like, yeah, that's not what I was going for. And when I told you you're blessed, you know, in a magnificent way, and I say, yeah, but they're spiritual blessings, our inclination is to say, oh, oh, okay, well, then they're, you know, they're not real. Spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms, which means they're spiritual, but probably not real, and they're not even in the world I live in. They're in heaven somewhere, you know, which ain't going to help me in the week that I got coming. And you know what I'm saying? So let me clear something up for you. Spiritual blessings doesn't mean not real. It just means they're in the spirit. They're from the spirit. In other words, these are all the things that they're not material. These are all the things money can't buy. Jesus gives you everything money can't buy, everything that comes in the spirit. It's not material because we all know material passes away. To get material blessings, that's the booby prize. You know, that's to think you're getting something but wind up getting nothing. It's the spiritual blessings that are eternal. And I'm not saying they're not real. And I'm not saying they're in some world that you don't live in. They're heavenly blessings in Christ. But understand, you receive them in this world you actually live in. It's not like they're dangling out there out of your reach. Oh, no, no. This is a part of our life right here, right now. Don't you ever doubt that. Spiritual blessings are real. They're from the Spirit. I love this. Let's keep rolling. Um, so what's this salvation like? Paul uses a couple of analogies here, and I love them all. First, like, uh, first, salvation is like being adopted into a magnificent family. I love that. To be adopted means to be chosen. I attended uh, a magnificent adoption ceremony the other Friday. One of the uh, families in our church adopted a girl that they had had in, her, in their home for some time. It was beautiful to make official what was already genuine in their hearts. But part of that civil ceremony in a public courtroom when adoptions are made official, uh, the mother was asked to give this pledge. You know, you promise to love this girl as if she were born from your own body, you know, in every practical way, in every real way that that girl is now her daughter, you know, and the point is this is chosen. You know, it's not that you had the baby, now you're stuck with it. No, no you, you have chosen. And, and, and to say that we're adopted into God's whole family, man, he chose us. And it wasn't like an afterthought. It's not that, you know, it's like all of a sudden he stuck with us, you know. And it wasn't that all of a sudden the Gentiles were kind of put in because that wasn't the plan. No, God's plan was from the very beginning. He predestined all this. This was before anything was. God's plan already was in place and his plan already included you and me. He chose us. We're adopted into this, you know, terrific, magnificent family of God. Next, it's like being let in on this marvelous secret, this mystery of God's bringing everything together in Christ, making everything perfect in Christ. What God is doing in the entire universe, it includes me and, me and you, and we're let into this magnificent secret and Paul talks about it here. Last thing, it's like, I would put it this way, it's like being engaged and, and being presented with this glorious ring. Now, I'm a guy, I had to give the ring, but man, these days guys put a whole lot into the proposal, you know, because it's going to be on Facebook and every place else now. It's got to be a little mini, you know, romance comedy show. You got to, you know, it's got to include a drone, <laughs> you know, drone footage and a photographer hiding in the bushes and, you know, it's got to be a surprise, and she's got to somehow have her nails done before she gets, I mean, you know what I mean? It's just this elaborate thing, but it's a joyful thing. And that's why we put so much into engagement. It's a joyful thing. 
Um, at the end of this portion, at the end of, end of chapter 1, verses 1 to 14, verse 14, the Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us inheritance. That word there, uh, it's like down payment. In other words, this is how we know that he's going to keep all his promises to us because he's already given us his spirit. It's the engagement ring, you know? That's the engagement ring. This is how we know that everything else he promises is coming our way because he's given us his spirit, you know? It's the guarantee. It's the down payment. It's, it's the engagement ring. And I love that. What's salvation like? It's like being engaged and being presented this priceless, magnificent ring. And that is the Holy Spirit. Pick up right here with me tomorrow. How about it? It's a rough place to stop because Paul keeps going and I want to keep going. But we'll pick up right here. Did I see tomorrow? Thursday morning. Pick up right here on Thursday morning. Give me two days. I'll come back on Thursday and we'll pick up in Ephesians chapter 1 verses 15 to 23, okay? You're going to love it. I'm loving it. And again, sorry about the next couple of days, but I'll see you on Thursday, all right? Have a good Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'll see you, Lord willing, 10 o'clock on Thursday for Tim with Tim. I love you guys so much.